Welcome to the Dietitian Collaborative Podcast. I'm Celestina, a chef, dietitian, and total foodie. Each week, I chat with another awesome RD so we can learn a bit more about how diverse our profession really is and how much we can benefit from collaborating with fellow RDs. We've been groomed to show up professionally in the workplace, to not curse, to kind of beat around the bush and not be super straightforward with our requests. And often, even when we have our own businesses, we bring that proper mentality with us. I know I'm guilty of that. For the longest time, I showed up all prim and proper, not cursing, and only presenting the biz from the perspective that I thought it should be presented. I know it's hard to believe, but three years ago, I didn't curse on any of my platforms. And also, I wasn't showing up as my goofy-ass self on my platforms. I didn't know about human design then, and you bet I wasn't talking about anything hippy-dippy on any of the platforms I was on. And now, it's just me. What changed? Actually, this shift is in some small way due in part to a business coach I was working with in 2020. She was like, you're goofy AF. Why doesn't that come through in your marketing and messaging? The answer? Because I thought it was unprofessional. I'd been taught that it was unprofessional. But was it really? Fuck no. If anything, it was detrimental to the business. I'd been sugarcoating who I was slash am, and I was attracting the wrong kind of clients. Once I started to lean into the unfiltered goofy slash real me, I started to connect with people who were also down with that. The second layer of this, which may have been harder to embrace, was introducing my audience to the hippy-dippy side. I don't show much of myself and to let my guard down about things like lunar cycles, oracle cards, and human design took a lot of introspection and self-confidence and really leaning into my human design to share about it. I'm here as a manifester to inform. And I wasn't informing about the things that I was passionate about or am passionate about. But when I did lean into that, it all changed once again. So sometimes it can be scary to show up as yourself, but you will never regret showing up in your truest form. You're here to make an impact by being you. So do it. All of this manifester talk leads me into today's guest, a fellow manifester doing things in her own way. Lauren is a Kashua Pepe loving registered dietitian and a business strategist. She is the founder of the Empowered Method, where she helps women create their healthiest relationship with food to stop thinking about food all the time and finally eat pizza without a side of guilt. She's also the founder of the Instagram Reboot, where she teaches nutrition professionals how to turn followers into paying clients. Lauren is on a mission to empower women from embracing their bodies and enjoying the foods they love to take back their power and owning their own businesses. So without further ado, let's hop into this convo with Lauren. Lauren, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked to have you here. How are you today? I am good. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. Let's get our audience a little bit inside the the Lauren persona, if you will. Are you down (laughs) to answer the three most important questions ever? Yes, go for it. One, what is your bucket list travel destination? (sighs) So it's hard because if there was, if I could teleport, it'd be different because I hate long plane rides. So like I would love to go to the Maldives. I don't know if you say Maldives or Maldives. I would love to go there, but I, exactly. (laughs) I like the idea of being on a plane for that long. And like, I have so much anxiety about like being far away from like medical care. (laughs) I don't know why. So in a perfect world, the Maldives Otherwise, just somewhere on a beach, like that's it. I'm not very high maintenance. 
<laughs> if it's not the if it's not like your own little hut with your own little like thing into the pool it's it, any beach is fine <laughs> yeah exactly exactly no seriously though anything um I've also like come across tiktoks that are like if you love the Maldives or want to go but it's too far like come here to Jamaica and they like have the same little huts on the water so they're like 17 grand a night I'm like I don't think so. Not at this stage of my life. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know they were that much. That's insane. Yeah. Okay. Well, I dig that. And I, I really hope that that manifests for you in life. Yes. Cause that'd be baller. We'll put it on the vision board. <laughs> all right. Question number two, what is your favorite food of all time? It would have to probably be pasta. Mm. Any particular sauce, any particular shape? So it's funny because I really am not like a pepper girl, but I love cachui pepe. Mm, yeah. But recently when we moved, there's this restaurant. It's like an Irish pub, but they sell only pasta or they huh. serve only pasta. And the pasta is so good. And they have this pasta that I would have never in my life ordered because I'm not like I don't really go outside of the box for, for many things. But my friend was like, you have to try it. Trust me. So we got it. It's like this, you know, the little money bags pasta. Yep. It's like a little pocket. Yep. Um, so those, which love those, but then there's like, it's like pear and cheese mm. and like pear. I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. And with this like white creamy honey sauce and oh it is just next level. So I think I that, and then I know it's supposed to be one, but following with, um, chocolate cake. Ooh. Dude, that as a whole meal sounds banging, right? Oh, so good. Mm, with a couple of Irish pints. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> All right. And then final question, coffee or cocktails? Oh my gosh, these are both, these are all so hard. Uh, I have my coffee now, which new Trader, I know you obviously don't have access to Trader Joe's at the moment, but Trader Joe's just came out with this brown sugar oat milk creamer people posting about it so honestly love my cocktails but i think the coffee because i don't get a hangover Ooh, that's fair <laughs> that's fair i've recently started experiencing not wine hangovers but like really bad sleep from wine mm. and i love it and it's really like i don't sleep at all if i have like more than half a glass of wine it sucks so oh i can understand like yeah. Going away from cocktails and a little bit more towards El Cafe. Yeah, I just feel like with coffee, I still get that like little serotonin boost, but there's like less side effects afterwards. Yeah. Although if I do have too much coffee, obviously I don't feel great either. Yeah. So finding the good balance. Isn't that life, man? Just finding the good balance. Yep. I know. I saw I saw <laughs> a um, tweet the other day. It was like, I'm either constantly saying, I'm sorry, I'm being weird. I haven't had enough coffee. Or I'm sorry, I'm being weird. I've had too much coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love finding that. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I feel like we know a lot about you and your social media habits as well. So <laughs> I would love to know where your journey as an RD began and how it brought you to now working with fellow RDs. Yeah. So I, oh, it's so hard to make this story like 
somewhat digestible, but basically I was an athlete all of college. I mean, sorry, high school. I was going to go in college, um, to play lacrosse, but then I decided like, I didn't really want my decision of where I went to school to rely on like where I got accepted to play. Um, and I didn't really want that type of college experience, which I didn't really have a traditional college experience, at least for the first two years anyway, because I had so much anxiety at like traditional college experience quotes, because it's like, you know, just how you picture a traditional college experience, just yeah. partying and the whole nine. So my first two years, I was just such an anxious little peach. And I really just tried to control everything because I was so anxious in every aspect of my life. Like I almost transferred and just lots of things. So eventually um, I kind of turned to food in order to try and quote unquote control the anxiety. Cause you know, all the buzzwords out there of like, Oh, sugar causes anxiety or da 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 causes this. Or yeah. I read the book called like, I forget what it's called. Like keep your calm or find your calm, something like that. And it was like all the foods that like you should avoid to feel calm and all the foods you should eat to feel calm. So I became obsessed with like, how do I just like get rid of this anxiety through food? Right. Cause yeah. I was a nutrition major. So it's like, Oh, food is the cure all, yeah. which food can do amazing things. But you know, food to cure everything is, we won't go there. It's a lot. (laughs) A lot. So developed orthorexia, you know, a lot of people in my major, I don't know how it was for you, but a lot of people were struggling with disordered eating and it's kind of scary because most of us go into it to find that quote unquote magic pill and none of us find that. We just, you know, learn biology and organic chemistry um, and how our bodies just actually work. So I got to a place where, you know, I was starting to slowly kind of come to terms with the fact that there was no magic pill and that, you know, nutrition doesn't have to be so complicated. I worked at WIC for about a year in between college and my internship. I was kind of just teetering between like, you know, that disordered relationship with food, but like not as disordered as it used to be. And then I went to my internship at New York Presbyterian and it was just, I'll never forget the first day. And I was the only one that brought my lunch out of 16 interns. Cause we got free lunch. Wow. And I'm like, why am I? the? Well, no, there was two me and another girl who was like into bodybuilding who had like very specific, like lunch with yeah. you know, all of her stuff measured out. So I was like, mine, I, I was just completely perplexed of like, why am I the only one in a room full of potential, you know, soon to be RDs that brought my lunch. Yeah. And, you know, I saw them going to get pizza at the free lunch, like, you know, heroes, a bunch of different stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause I had this whole agenda in my head that like, I had to be the perfect nutrition student. I had to be the perfect, I had to be the, the poster child for nutrition if I was going to be a dietitian. Yeah. So that was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back that really helped me to be like, okay, you don't have to be so perfect with eating. And that's not really what nutrition is. And just so many areas of my life that year, like improved just social life, realizing that like 
who cares? Like, just go have fun. If that includes yeah. food, great. If it does, like, just everything. Because it was with alcohol, too, that, you know, in relationship with alcohol is a whole nother conversation. But my relationship with alcohol was like, I can't have it because of calories. Whereas when I like started to have a glass of wine and like have fun with my friends, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like so nice to be able to enjoy this and not stress about I can't go to happy hour because the calories, you know? Yeah. So then I actually hired my first business coach while I was in my internship. Oh, damn, Spent you started early. Business. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I've never had like a full-time job as an RD. I've only done my own practice. Damn, so, girl. Okay, we'll get more into that in a hot second. Yeah. So you had your own business coach, then mm-hmm. what? Yeah, so went up to my parents, basically was like, all right, I found this lady. She's this much money. And they were like, you're absolutely insane. What are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, I live at home. You guys pay for my groceries. Like, I'm just going to spend my whole savings on it. I can, you know, if it doesn't work out, I'll live at home for another year, whatever. Yeah. Um, which is a privilege. And I'm grateful for that. So I was getting my feet wet. This was probably about, this was September and I graduated in February for my internship. So I was running my business for a decent amount of time in my internship. Yeah. It was always a joke of like, oh, like Lauren's the intern that like wakes up. And before I even get up, she's like posted on Instagram, seen five (laughs) clients and like walked out. (laughs) It was exhausting because I also had an hour and a half commute into the city from I lived with my parents out in Westchester. So, but wouldn't change it for the world. So, um, then, you know, after my internship, uh, I was just kind of trying to figure out what the heck I was going to do because my business wasn't fully supporting me at that point. It had been about nine months since I started with my business coach and I was slowly, you know, bringing in income, And I remember like March, I was like, I made like 800 bucks. And then the next March I made like 10,000. So I'm like, it was, I just remember reflecting on that. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Two seconds. Before we dive deeper into that, I want to dissect some of the things that you've said. Dissect. Excellent. Okay. So I think the undergrad setting kind of gives us the perception of like needing to fit the certain mold of being an RD. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you felt that. What's interesting though, is our journeys are different in the sense that I went to culinary school first and people who were in the nutrition program were there because they also went to culinary school. So I think in my experience, it was more of a foodie first approach. And a lot of people ended up going into clinical later, but -hmm. it was very interesting because I think that happened less because people were there for culinary reasons, not for nutrition first reasons initially, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I wish I had that experience because yeah, it's, it's crazy how focused. And I, I mean, obviously the curriculum and everything, I mean, I don't know about you. I didn't have any anti-diet intuitive eating, none of that. Um, And it doesn't even have to be that, but what does a healthy relationship with food even look like, yeah. right? Rather than like, this is fat, this is protein, which is important too, obviously, and like the biochemistry of it all. But my um, biochem teacher, which actually really liked that class, organic chemistry, hated. Worst class <laughs> I ever did. Biochem, I really liked, but my teacher, she taught everything through the lens of like her own personal experiences where she would like 
fast two days of the week. She wouldn't eat anything. And she'd like come to class and she'd be like, sorry guys, I'm a little out of it. It's my second day of fasting today. And like, she's like, this is what happens in your body when you fast. And like, to me, a vulnerable college student, I'm like, oh my God, look how like great her body is and look how healthy she is. And you know, she has all this muscle. Like I must supposed to be fat. Like, look what happens in your body when this happens. And I just was clinging on to every little detail of like, how could I make this happen? And it obviously was not helpful. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. Interesting to share that perspective too. But I think we are so vulnerable between like 18 and 22, especially if we're in it for, I don't know if we're in it for different reasons, right? Like we're so vulnerable at that age. So we really do just cling on to those words and it's, it's just so interesting. Okay, cool. Well, I'm happy that like being in the internship was able to just give you a different perspective on like how loosey goosey you can be, you know? (laughs) And it's fascinating because I'm like, where did these people come from? And I realized that a decent amount of them were older than me. They had already gone through their master's and then they um, came into the internship. So obviously just older and wiser, but also I think it was just the culture of, I went to university of Delaware and just the people there and like the pressure to look a certain way in college. And I mean, every single one of my friends that I'm still in touch with from Delaware struggled with disordered eating and, it's just wild. But yes, grateful for my experience, my internship, because if it was the same as college, like who knows where I would be now. Yeah. That's crazy. I interrupt this broadcast to bring you some information from Future Chill. Okay. That was weird, but we're going to roll with it. Hey guys. So I want to give you an update about what is going down in the new year because January is a busy, busy, busy month for the Dietitian Collaborative. And I feel like you need to know about it. First up, I am hosting a summit and social in New York City. This summit and social is all about collaboration and a panel discussion talking about what we can do as a field to make dietetics more collaborative. We have Alyssa Rumsey on the panel, as well as Tony Toledo and Anne Elizabeth Condiff. It is going to be an amazing conversation with these three ladies. And I got it approved through one and a half CEUs. So that's awesome. In addition to the amazing food that we're going to have there, the really cool conversation we're going to have in this panel discussion, you also get a chance to mix and mingle with your favorite IGRD besties. And this is a really cool space to be able to do that because it's all about collaboration, right? Like people coming to this event are all stoked on being able to collab. So who knows who you're going to meet here? Who knows what kind of potential projects or future collabs can come out of coming to this event. And I feel like that's really where the essence of all of this lies, right? Like, yeah, you're getting an amazing meal for the ticket price. You're getting CEUs for the ticket price. However, meeting people and not knowing potentially like the amazingness that can come out of that meeting, that's invaluable. So really give that a thought when you are saying yay or nay to this event. I understand that Upon looking, $2.99 can feel like a lot for this event. However, think of the connections that you'd make. To give you a quick story, I went to events when I lived in New Mexico, oh, so long ago at this point. And it was an event that I did have to pay for. And I was like, can I swing this? And I'm so happy that I did because I met a, actually, she was the department chair at the time of UNM. And 
she offered me a teaching position at UNM to teach a culinary class for their fourth year doctor students. And that was an amazing opportunity. So all that to say, you never know what's going to happen or come out of these events. So if you're on the fence, if you're on the fence, I would go with yes. Just throwing it out there. Second, also in the new year, I am hosting five sessions of the CoLab Roundtable in the first quarter. Think of the CoLab Roundtables as a place where you can grow your business in a way that feels 100% you. By embracing your human design, you'll be able to apply your innate decision-making methods into your business. And that's how you're gonna be able to have one, more confidence in your business, and two, feel so much more aligned in your business. The first four are human design type specific. What does that mean, Chell? Excellent question. If you are a manifester, projector, manifesting generator, generator, or reflector, you will have your own specific, like high arching group for all of that. So you guys can explore each other's designs, see the similarities between other manifesting generators, for example. And also we can dive a little bit deeper and you can see the nuances in between as well. The upcoming dates for that are in the show notes. And I think that's it. If you have more questions about that too, check out the link in the show notes to one, get your design, and then two, find out more info as well as sign up for one of those slots, obviously based off of your design. Oh, and the last one is for all design types. I feel like that's more of like a second level kind of situation. So if you want to stay in and hang out in, in March, that's going down too. All right, guys, I've talked enough. Let's go back to chatting with Lauren. Okay. So obviously still in your internship, still hustling like a badass. Let me know, like, was that exhausting? Like, did you feel burnt out doing both of them? Like starting your, starting your practice and interning simultaneously? I honestly didn't. Like I genuinely loved every single part of it. I loved my internship. I I was so pissed at people who told me that like my internship was going to be hell and that all the people at MYP were nasty and blah, 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 blah. I was like, I, I loved it. I loved every second of that. And then I loved every second of building my business because it was my dream for ever since I decided I was going to go into nutrition. Um, Even before that, my dad was always an entrepreneur. So I always wanted to have my own business. So I'm surprised I didn't feel burnt out. I mean, there was definitely points where I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Um, But I was very intentional about like, you know, we're going to come home. We're going to work for two hours after we come back from work. And, you know, on my certain nights where certain shows were on, I'm like, I'm turning this off and I'm going to watch TV with my parents, you know? So I, I think that it depends on your personality and who you are. um, And you just have to be really conscious of, you know, how you're responding to things. Because if I hated my internship, I think that I don't think I would have been able to do it. Yeah. Because then I would have been burnt out from that, felt really defeated, and it would be really hard to come home and like put my energy towards something else. Totally. I love that you set boundaries early. So the boundary thing, was that something that kind of was inherent in you or was that something like business coach really honed in with? Yeah, I have to attribute that to my first business coach. She was huge on, like, I remember giving one of my first clients my phone number and she's like, what are you doing? No, absolutely (laughs) not. No personal life, like cut it out. And she was very big on like, what is the life that you want to live? And what does that look like? And she, which I really appreciated was never, it was never about like hustle culture. It was like, you can create this life that 
is flexible and has freedom and it can really look however you want it to look. And I, you know, knew that friends, family, having fun, all of that were a really important part of my life, um, especially after recognizing, you know, without that, when I was like deep in my disordered thoughts, I, I realized how important it was. Yeah, totally. So I know you mentioned earlier from like in a year's time going from an $800 month to a 10K month, but also not necessarily focusing on that hustle culture that, OMG, I have to make 10K months to be successful. And I know you and I have also had many a discussion about this, like more in depth off of this. So what did it feel like when you were actually doing things that you loved? You were prioritizing you, right? Like Mm -hmm. that that is like a aha moment. Like we don't do that enough in business, but you were Mm -hmm. prioritizing you and you were still able to see that results monetarily, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure also like in just a joyful way. Can you break that down? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that goes into it because I don't want to be this person that acts like, you know, it wasn't stressful and there wasn't like, there was times where I'm like, we're not making ends meet this month. Like what's going to happen? Blah, blah, blah. You know, not always Um, cupcakes, ponies and rainbows, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, but at the same time, you know, trusting that I'm a big proponent of just like consistency and taking the data of like what you've done, what's working, what's not and amplifying it. But to be able to yeah, do what I loved and, you know, the, the money kind of follow to an extent. Cause I hate when people say that where it's like, as if there was like no work that went into it, but yeah. there was a lot of thought, a lot of coaching, a lot of investing. And I think when I, cause I did one-on-one coaching and then I went into group coaching and that was, that was just it for me. I am obsessed yeah. with group coaching not only because it doesn't take as much of my time, that's great, but that's kind of just the cherry on top. I love the energy of everybody else because, you know, intuitive eating, disordered eating, anti-diet, it's, it's hard. It's not, you know, again, all rainbows and butterflies. So for me to provide the energy that I have to them, but also for them to be able to support each other and see that they're not alone, like it's just priceless. So I think that was a big component of, of having success because I just genuinely loved the, the energy around it and it just felt right and easy to me. And it was so much easier to promote because everybody was just like the energy around it was just great. I totally agree. So I just want to clarify, you're talking like working with clients in this space. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I think you're right. When when you can put people in a space who are experiencing different thing, or rather experiencing the same thing, they may be at the same stage, they may be at slightly different stages. Mm-hmm. I think reminding them that they aren't alone in it, right? Like I don't want to call it a struggle. It's a journey. It, yeah. They're not alone in the journey. And even though you've been through it, rather than just explaining your story, they're seeing it. They're seeing the differences, the transformations and how it can be so impactful if they continue down this path. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel the same way, like whether it be group coaching or masterminding, I Mm -hmm. find that in those settings, there is 
there's just so much more that comes out of it than just, I call it the mind of the guru, right? Like the community brings so much more than the mind of the guru. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think because everybody, like you said, is on their own journey and, you know, it's a big problem in nutrition where people have their experience and they just put their experience and what worked for them onto other people. And to a component that helps my clients and just to, you know, know where I've been and where I've gotten to, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, okay. Well I went from counting calories to writing my food down and then writing my food down to this. So that's what you should do. Right. Like, so it's nice because they get to share their experience and they're like, Oh, well this worked for me or this worked for me or, you know, however it goes. And I think that's really important too, because it's, there's nothing cookie cutter about it. That's ever going to work. Yes. It's, I call it the anti-Brandy Melville approach. The one size fits all. <laughs> I can't believe they're still in business, honestly. Dude, I, totally different discussion, but like, ugh, I yeah. know. <laughs> insane. insane. Okay. So how has this transitioned into working with dietitians? So you were still are working with clients and also working with RDs. Tell me all the things. Yes. (laughs) So, um, I guess this time, a little bit earlier of this time last year, or I guess more so like December of, what are we in? 2022, December of 2020, I think. Yeah. (laughs) 2020. My gosh. The last two years have basically been the same year. So it's fine. Right. I'm like, it's still 2020. Like (laughs) I think it was December of 2020. I was like, I want to work with RDs because literally since the day that I started my business with my first business coach, I was like, I want to do the business coaching aspect of things. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, like, I don't know anything. So I, I got, you know, that's, it just fired me up to like the systems and like all the things that you can do online. I just thought it was so cool. So obviously got some experience under my belt. And then I still didn't feel like fully confident in just like overall business mentorship. So I'm like, okay, well, what have I done really freaking well? And I'm like, I built my entire business on Instagram, right? I don't attribute it to my followers whatsoever. I attribute it to the content that I very intentionally produced and the conversations that I very intentionally had from an authentic place, not from a place of DMing everybody and being like, hey, I have this free training. Like you have no idea who I am. I was like, all right, what is that going to look like? And then I did a lot of market research. I got like 10 RDs on a call from my Low and Lemons page. I was like, hey, any RDs out there want to get on a call with me and like just chat? I'm like trying to do some market research for a new program. I want to see what you need, what you're interested in, what you're struggling with. And then from there, I developed the Instagram Reboot. So the Instagram Reboot is a 12-week program where I help you to... And I I like almost hesitate uh, after about almost a year and a half of running it. I like, it's all about Instagram, but most of the time in our calls, we're not even talking about Instagram. We're talking about intentional, authentic selling because it's how do you create the content that you can bring really to any platform, to your emails, et cetera, your messaging, all that kind of stuff. So that's where I got a lot more into like strategy and authentic sales. And now I work with, you know, Anybody who is a beginner, intermediate business owner and wanting to, you know, scale up and figure out how to create more consistency in their business, either through one-on-one, IGR, intensives, and I just love it. That's awesome. 
I feel mm-hmm. like authenticity gets tossed around a lot as like a buzzword. OMG, just be you, just be authentic. And like, man, I, I've worked with three business coaches now and they've all said that, right? Like, just be you. And like, mm-hmm. dude, sometimes it's really hard to like let the goofy out when you're not used to doing that or when you yeah. feel like you need to be quote unquote professional and show up in a way that is quote unquote professional. Mm-hmm. Honestly, 90% of the time now I'm in PJs when I'm yeah. posting on Instagram and mm-hmm. I curse like a sailor and that has, mm-hmm. that is me, right? Like that is a hundred percent me. I have a potty mouth, but it is what it is. Yeah. But like when you can show up as the real you, as the unedited version of you, that's when you attract the people who vibe with you, who are meant to be with you. And yeah. it can be really hard to shed those layers of like things that we've put on ourselves culturally, societally, whatever it is, or things like showing up in a way that we think we should be showing up rather than in a way that feels authentic, if you will. (laughs) That's what people want. Like social media is so curated. And it's like, when I see a video of somebody just like being themselves, it shines through. You can Mm -hmm. 100% tell. It's kind of similar with like, when I first started on like discovery calls and everything, they could totally feel my like, desperate like sign up with me even though I wasn't acting that way but you know like people can feel that whether it's like outwardly coming out of your mouth or not and it's just in your energy so to show up like you said just be you like it's it's definitely harder um easier said than done but everything shifts and I think a lot of that has to do with the inner work that you have to do in order to get to that place to be cool with yourself to do that. Um, but when you see that, like people are responding to that type of content, it, it really gives you the confidence to keep going with it. Yes, dude, I'm all about the inner work and it looks different for everyone, right? Like it looks so different for everyone. It may take longer for some people than others, but like Mm -hmm. if you can take the time to like look inward, reflect, and also have a community around you to be able to like work through it with, Mm -hmm. Freaking game changer. Freaking game changer. (laughs) All right. So you hold this platform for fellow RDs. You hold space for fellow RDs. How else do you like to collaborate with fellow dietitians? Yeah, obviously with you, it was great. I was grateful that you reached out. Um, I'm excited about our little mini project you're putting together. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know. It's a good question. I love podcasting. I love doing reels collabs. I love just having conversations, just getting to know people kind of what, what they do, because there's so much you can do as a dietitian and it's actually wild. Like everything from, I I just find it so fascinating kind of hearing about where people are. Cause a lot of times too, when people are starting a business, they're either full time somewhere or they're like kind of patching together some odd jobs. And that's like one of the most fascinating things to me because they're like in corporate wellness and then they're also doing this and they're also doing this. And it's just so cool to see all the things that they do. So I'm definitely trying to do more stuff because now that we're permanently, I mean, permanently for now in Philly, before it was kind of like, oh, we'll be here for a year maybe. And then we'll move to the beach or something. But now that we bought a house, it's like, I feel more of a need to like establish my connections around here. So yeah. I'm excited to make some more connections in person. And, you know, obviously Instagram is where I live. So <laughs> any, any DMS and just having conversations is, is my favorite. I had a girl reach out and she's like, I just like, I was, she was asking me about IGR. 
she was like, I just have so much hesitancy because so many coaches like force essentially programs on me. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'll explain it to you. But I really want to hear about you and if it would yes. be a good fit because I've had people come on discovery calls with me and I'm like, this is just not a good energy fit, not a good vibe fit. We're not going to work great together, no matter how amazing IGR can be. Like if your energy isn't in it, if you're not trusting me to, you know, make a difference in your business, it's not going to get anywhere. So complete tangent, but (laughs) overall, all the collabs anyway, shape or form, I love it all. Awesome. Uh, Let's talk about energy real quick, because before you were saying like people can tell the energy behind like the phone call. And I think you're right. I think people can also tell the energy behind a static Instagram post, right? Like if you were really in it when you were posting, or if you feel like you're posting just a post because it's content, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's Mm -hmm. behind it. And I can tell you for a fact, like the whole month of March, I planned out my content and I'm usually like more of like a, Ooh, this comes to me. I'm going to post it on a whim, not a planner. And my content in March was absolute shit. The engagement was garbage. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely something to be said about the energy, not just in conversation, but behind a post as well. And then also figuring out if you and the other person vibe or not. Yep. So important. And I, part of me, when I first started my business, didn't, didn't really like that that was a thing because yeah. I'm a very big, like energy person. Like I, I genuinely believe that like everybody in my life or not in my life is like meant to be there and all that stuff. Yeah. But it was really challenging for me to be like, you have to let go of like the revenue outcome. You have to let go of like trying to plan your life out for the next three years because it was almost like my inner orthorexia, like trying to get onto something else to control something else. And I didn't like it because I was like, energy is a lot harder for me to like control things Mm -hmm. with. Right. You're telling me I just have to sit back and be myself and trust that the right things will come. Like, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, but the more that you, and I honestly think it just comes with experience of like the more that you see your systems and your strategy and, and just like being yourself work, the easier it becomes. But at first you're just like, hold on. I want all the systems that work perfectly and make me X amount of money. But, and all that is important to an extent, but if there's not good energy behind it, it, it's never going to work. Yes preach girl. I, I don't know if I've divulged. Well, probably have. I say it everywhere. I'm super into human design and like understanding your energy and the way that you work dynamically with the others around you. Like Mm -hmm. we can use it for good. Like it doesn't have to be used for evil. And I think like once you get a grasp of what you're here to do, how you're here to, whether it be inform or respond or initiate or literally whatever you're here to do, once you can grasp that, and understand that like, that's the energy that you're bringing to the party. That is such a friggin' game changer. Yes. Yes. I need to, did you, did you say you were going to send me a link for that? I need to get into my, I probably did. We can do it after the show. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Lauren, as always, it's a pleasure. If other RDs or if anyone listening wants to reach out, what is the best place for them to do that? Yes. So best place for RDs is on Instagram where I live um, <laughs> at Lore Sharp, L-A-U-R-S-H-A-R-P-E. Just shoot me a DM. My DMs are always open. I answer pretty quickly because I always get really excited when you guys want to chat. <laughs> I feel that. I totally feel that. Cool. Well, guys, hit her up there and 
She's down for a collab. She's down to help you. She's she's down for all of the energetically positive things. <laughs> all right, Lauren, it's been a pleasure. Ciao. Bye. You've heard a lot of my voice today again. So let's keep this short, sweet, and hop into a recap. One, the sooner you can create a business... Let's keep this short and sweet since I've been talking a lot today. One, the sooner you can create business boundaries for yourself, the better. Two, what is the life you want to live and how can you take steps to create it rather than feeling like you have to hustle? Three, track the data. What's working? What's not? Make changes based on that. Four, want to expand into business coaching? What have you done really well and can teach others? Five, the more you sell, five, the more you see being yourself work, the easier it is to show up authentically. Alrighty guys, I will be back at you next week with one final episode of the year. Obviously some thoughts and uh, what's to come in the new year as well. So until next week. (laughs) 